0: Resorts, homes and a newly built hospital have been washed away.
1: Communication is down all over the country. Everybody was just rushing out of the process. I'm just holding on to dear life here.
2: Pacific prepared. Pacific prepared.
3: Pacific prepared. The warnings are going up. The extent to which people took heed of the warnings is another question. Very much a wake-up call.
4: People were prepared and that's why we've got less lives lost than we could have had.
3: People
0: need to know what to do and it's not difficult. We
2: provide the right information to people and
0: they can
1: act accordingly. Pacific kissing
0: was the Pacific Pacific. Pacific, you follow must prepare. Pacific Prepared.
3: Pacific Prepared. Hello and welcome to Pacific Prepared, where the Pacific comes together to share information that can save lives, save loved ones, and save livelihoods. I'm Aaron Carney. Coming up in this episode. Young Fijians remembering the pain of past cyclones and planning to avoid a repeat. Samoa's outlook for the cyclone season ahead. And the deadly power of rumours during a disaster. Disasters may be inevitable, but the loss of your life, your family, your home, your land, or your village are not. So, let's prepare. It was a terrifying night. It was shaking and getting pounded by debris.
1: We had to make sure they have a safe shelter and drinking water.
2: Helping you stay safe, Pacific
3: prepared. Life as a student in the Pacific can be tough. Often you are far from home. There's the pressure of exams and results and family who may be working hard to support you. Then, of course, for many students right now, COVID has made study even harder. So you might think preparing for disasters would be the last thing on their minds. Pacific Prepared Fiji correspondent Shweta Sharon Vandana has discovered that for many young adults, memories of disasters, recent and distant, mean it's never far from their minds. And better education means preparation is a priority.
2: Natural disasters often create a terrifying experience for most of the people, but how to deal with it is the most important thing to consider. Zulfia B., a University of the South Pacific student, shares her experience. Berg, who has been residing in Vakasini, Vanualevu, for more than 20 years, says that she had never experienced anything like the recent cyclone in Fiji. That was the worst experience of mine. I think my family has seen cyclones worse than this, but this was the worst for me. I had never seen something like uh, Cyclone Yasa and Ana in my life ever. I don't know if I was small, I can't can't, uh, recall, but um, it was really fearful. It was on on a big screen it was really frightening and horrific it rained all night um non-stop and the, the winds were really uh really damaging and then the next morning we woke up it got really calm and it looked like uh, we were gonna have some sun out when i went out the view was so disturbing i tell you Overall, I think it was fearsome and something that uh, many of us has not experienced ever. But uh, from now onwards, I will surely take precautions. Christine Pahulu, another student and resident of Suva, tells how she prepared for the cyclone. Since we didn't have um, anyone at home to help, so I had to help my dad outside with putting up the shutters. Climbing climbing up the roof and trying to uh, make sure that everything is secured and making sure to tie everything outside so it doesn't fly. And we made sure that uh, we were stocked with food, water, and other necessities um, needed during the period of the cycle. The University of South Pacific Student Association Vice President, Shalvin Chand, tells how students can prepare and overcome challenges during cyclone.
0: Most important I can say advice to all students is that if you are more aware of the weather forecast and also keeping in line with the disaster management teams around the country, national... Or in your own locality of the prediction of the cyclone, how destructive it can be, and also how big is the cyclone coming towards, and which is the path of the cyclone. Understanding these basic things, you can be well prepared of it. Something advice to students after cyclone who are facing difficulties in their studies. Basically, it's a natural disaster that is an occurrence matter. So basically, you don't have to be more into that, but basically keeping yourself safe. For the future itself and then i'm pretty sure that understanding these basic things the security of education after the cyclone can be achieved
3: that is an important message worth remembering your studies are important but your life is more important and the same can be said for your work great perspectives there from the university of the south pacific in suva from pacific prepared fiji correspondent shweta sharon vandana
0: minutes after the earthquake we had a loud bang and then just saw the sea rising up
3: know what to do know what to do know what to do pacific prepared the countdown is on cyclone season is coming but as you know not all cyclone seasons are the same With cyclone season in Samoa officially starting in November and following the release of the Ministry of Natural Resources and Environment's report on the upcoming season – Pacific Prepared Samoa Correspondent and Radio 2AP Senior Reporter Maui Liu Tumose has spoken with Lutero Tovale, Acting CEO of the Samoa Meteorology Division.
0: Three more months before November, will we expect severe weather and tropical cyclones? I think it is time to recommend preparation for the upcoming season. What is your concern right now? Uh, we, some of the Samoa
1: Meteorology Division is uh, preparing for the upcoming tropical cyclone season. Um, as you mentioned, there are a few more months for the start of the next tropical uh, cyclone season. Our usual uh, preparations uh, its already been kicked off, uh, not only within our office, but we are also in collaborations with our partners, regional and international partners, uh, to finalize an outlook for the... Uh, coming tropical cyclone season, for example, how to predict or forecast the numbers of possible uh, tropical cyclones, uh, as well as their possible strength in terms of intensity uh, expected to develop within the region. So we want to issue an information paper around October, uh, Mm. and our concern is to let the, the people and the public know in advance uh, what to expect so that they can use that information to guide them with their preparation and their plans uh, before the start of the uh, tropical cyclone season.
0: We know that some people are negligent; they never care about climate change and its impact on us. What is your message for our people?
1: A message is very simple. Uh, be prepared. Uh, we have seen severe weather events recently. For example, uh, in 2016, there was a severe tropical cyclone, Winston, that uh, devastated the islands of Fiji. Uh, We've never seen that kind of uh, tropical cyclone uh, before. Uh, and before that, there was uh, another tropical cyclone uh, called or uh, uh, tropical cyclone pan. Uh, that devastated the Vanuatu island. So these uh, severe tropical cyclones are well uh, uh, correlated with the the, the science. Um, So science-based evidence also exists. Uh, and with the projection that uh, there will be more similar severe events in the near future so it is part of our responsibilities to inform and to give the best advice to our people of what we are expecting in the future so the The message is very simple. Be prepared and um, be informed and stay tuned with the updates from uh, the weather, uh, the meteorological office and other uh, partners that are working towards uh, providing advice uh, to climate change-related natural hazards.
0: Information sometimes can be too technical. People find it hard to understand. How can you help with a better communication strategy. We have
1: uh, worked very hard to improve this side of uh, our work particularly with the communications. Uh, People uh, they have provided feedbacks to the, uh, the mid office uh, about the technicality of uh, the words that has been used in the past. So we welcome these feedbacks from the public uh, and the people and uh, what we do is to analyse and from there uh, work on the ways to improve. Uh, today um, there is a lot of improvement in terms of communication in Samoa. Uh, this is attributed to the uh, advancement in technology. Uh, we all know that the the improvement in the internet speed and those kind of technology. So we are trying to use all the available information uh, channels to disseminate our our warnings and related information as soon as possible. One of the fastest way to disseminate information nowadays is the social media. Uh, I prefer uh, the Facebook and Twitter. So far we have received a lot of uh, positive feedback on the use of Facebook as a channel to distribute information. We also try to utilize and uh, use the the available mobile carriers to to relay the message through text messages. And in Samoa recently uh, people start to receive uh, advice and uh, and warnings through the the text uh, messages uh, via mobile phone. A few years back we tried to create and with the app Uh, This weather app is, uh, nowadays, everyone, I think uh, most people access to mobile uh, phones and and, uh, it's very easy to install a weather app. So that's why we we try to develop a weather app and it's now um, uh, used uh, by most people in Samoa. And as I said before, uh, these new ideas or new ways of information dissemination are all possible uh, because of the improvement in the technology, particularly the communications in Samoa. The internet, uh, as I mentioned before, the introduction of the fibre uh, cables that uh, bring a lot of uh, positive uh, influence on the communication side of our work. So we try, as a Met office, we try to uh, find new methods, try to improve uh, the way we disseminate uh, information.
3: And uh, that's where we are now. Do you use an app to keep abreast of the weather? Is one even available to you? Interesting there that social media has become a key weapon for getting official information to the people. But as you will hear later in this episode, and in an upcoming episode when we share more from this conversation, social media is also becoming a weapon for misinformation, disinformation and potentially deadly rumours. Stay tuned for that. Pacific Prepared Correspondent and Radio 2 AP Senior Reporter Maui Lutu speaking with Lutero Tuvale, Acting CEO of the Samoa Meteorology Division.
2: Helping you stay safe.
3: Pacific Prepared.
0: To be prepared to save your life, your loved ones and your home during a disaster, you need to act now. Here's what to do to be ready for a flood or storm surge. Make sure you secure or protect any hazards in your home before the flood strikes. If you have electrical power, be prepared to turn it off before water comes. Turn off gas and water tanks. Disconnect appliances to prevent electrical shock when power is restored. Secure anything that could float away. Grab your call bag and double-check the contents. Add anything missing. Listen to the radio for updates. Monitor social media if you have access, but only take note of official information, not rumors. Do not spread rumors. Prepare an emergency water supply. You need 4 liters per person per day and should try to have at least 3 days' supply. Prepare an emergency food supply. Food that does not weigh a lot and does not require cooking is ideal. You may need to carry it and not have access to fire during a flood. Talk to others around. How can you work together and make a common plan? If the flood or storm surge forces you to evacuate, take only essential items with you. Make sure everyone is moving together. If you have time, turn off electricity and water. Follow safe evacuation routes away from moving water. Never attempt to drive or walk across creeks or flooded roads. When a flood or storm surge strikes, it is often too late to make a plan. So prepare now. Include everyone. Make it fun and be prepared. The information has been compiled from multiple official government and non-government agencies across the Pacific and the world.
3: Pacific Prepared, Samoa correspondent, and Radio 2AP senior reporter Maui Liu Tumose, helping you know what to do now before you have to fight a flood. Be informed. Be ready. Pacific Prepared. Imagine this. It isn't hard to do. You're lazing on a Sunday afternoon, scrolling Facebook, and you see a post by your cousin saying he heard that the main road into town from a nearby village has been reopened after flooding. Well, you know your auntie needs to get to town for a doctor's appointment, so you send her the post on WhatsApp. But when she arrives at the flooded road and attempts to drive through, her car washes away and she drowns. That is how misinformation can be deadly. You tried to help and someone died. So how do we make sure we don't share something that could hurt people before, during, or after a disaster, or during a pandemic? First Draft is a non-profit organisation that works to protect communities from harmful disinformation by sharing tips and resources to build resilience and improve access to accurate information. It's Asia-Pacific Director Anne Kruger spoke with Pacific Prepared reporter Apelli Lalanevesi and me and started by explaining what is misinformation and what is disinformation.
4: Starting with misinformation, this is basically, I think, mis mistake. So misinformation, mistake. So this is when people share false information, but they don't realise that it's false or misleading and quite often they're trying to help. And, you know, we think about the motivations, you know, why are people doing this? What's their intention? Sometimes it's just out of fear and quite often it's out of fear and they're trying to protect people in their community. Um, you know, they might send something, well, oh, just in case you need to know, um, I'm sending this information to help you out. And it's really related to our identities as well, that, you know, we might be in a, a chat app or a group with our family and friends. And this is the role that we play. We're trying to, to help. Um, we're not trying to cause harm, but often we do see a lot of harmful misinformation spreading throughout um, these chat apps in particular, related, of course, recently to COVID.
0: So what is the difference between uh, misinformation and disinformation?
4: Misinformation, that's kind of like a misinformation mistake, but with disinformation, that's D for deliberate for me. That's how I remembered it when I first came across all of these different definitions. So disinformation, this is when people intentionally are creating a false, um, or misleading narrative or, you know, sharing information and they're motivated quite often to make money. They might be wanting political influence or some other ideological influence, and sometimes they're just maliciously trying to cause trouble or harm, trying to sow distrust. They're trying to dictate a particular agenda, and because they've got that different intention, um, we know that this is designed to do harm and um, is just that little bit more dangerous up front, but we've found with the pandemic that both a mixture of misinformation and disinformation is dangerous because sometimes people will pick up on the disinformation, not realize you know that it's incorrect, and then they're sharing it out of um, you know good intentions and they're really making a mistake. It's so, We've found that more and more these two different definitions that we had very clearly sort of divided have actually become more and more interwoven during the, the pandemic.
3: So, Anne, if I'm scrolling through my mobile phone in Vanuatu or the Solomons and checking out the social media, what does misinformation and disinformation look like on a daily basis
4: So misinformation we're finding in particular when people are scrolling through their social media apps, we're finding that a lot of things are getting shared that are easily, you know, copy and paste messages. Oh, I saw this, Um, pass it on. And the misinformation is, it's often information that's just Not accurate when it came to the pandemic and when it came to vaccines, when it comes to health information. So it was often things that were questioning um, the reliance of government and authorities, questioning uh, safety and efficacy of things like vaccines and really relying on sharing information about those particular issues that just wasn 't accurate, it was looking accurate, you know a lot of the information that's that 's getting shared um, you know it looks like it's here 's something you need to know information that um, you need to share you know this is why we can 't trust different governments, not necessarily you know information that people are sharing that 's designed to wage a campaign against a particular person um, but it 's just very subtle so we so we find with um, the anti vaccination proponents we find with anti lockdown movements and things, they're all starting to mix in their narratives together and they are very organized online with their smaller groups. They might have a lot of smaller groups. Some of them have got large groups. Um, But they're so organized online and they get their narratives and they know what to share and they know how to tap into those emotions. And it's when those little bits of narratives get picked up and shared by different people that this is what's swirling around. Now, in particular, in the Pacific, we were seeing examples as well coming from sometimes health, uh, people that work in health that were sharing misinformation they they had their own doubts they didn't know what was happening we had um different political figures as well that were sharing misinformation. Because again, you know, well, we don't know exactly what was driving this. Um, you know, obviously, they've got their own political persuasions and want to look like they're in control. But they were sharing um, information that wasn't scientifically sound. We saw a lot of that. And we saw a lot, of course, of, um, you know, local culture, you know, in particular, if you're looking at places like in Papua New Guinea, there was a lot of um, misinformation being shared because you've got, you know, the local Witchcraft concerns, you know, in, in the more, um, sort of remote regions there. So it, yeah, it, it's really a case of often when I talk about disinformation, I'm thinking, right, this is a campaign. You've got bots. You've got, um, you know, troll farms. You've got people really attacking. And in this case, it, it's been really more a matter of, um, people. That are of a particular persuasion, you know, they they might be against vaccines, and they're sort of pushing out where they can um, misinformation, relying on dodgy science. Um, but but for our areas and and in the Pacific, um, it was much more. People are just fearful and hesitant, and they're not getting access to the information that's easy for them to understand. So you might have messaging that's coming from governments, but if it's not clear, and if it's not precise, and if it's not easy to understand, then what takes over is the very clear, unfortunate messaging that can be shared in, in different, you know, um, whether it's WhatsApp messages or closed, you know, Facebook messenger, the messages that are sent there really appeal to people's emotions and that hesitancy. And unfortunately, that's what sticks in their brains.
0: How can uh, an individual recognise what is misinformation and disinformation and why does it matter?
4: Have a look and and do a check. Are my emotions being triggered here? So if it's a message, if I'm starting to feel quite nervous, fearful, a lot of anxiety or even anger towards governments, there's a, a place and a time that we need to really sort of stop and think, okay, what is this telling me? How am I feeling? That's a really good place to start. Then we need to look at the sources of the information. So, is this really coming from an authentic source? Is it really coming from the World Health Organization? Is it really coming from, you know, government health ministries? Is it really coming from quality science? First up, just look at, look at the emotional response and really think about what's the source of this information. Is it, is it really um, that reliable source of information that, is being, that has to be held to account currently to government and to the people? And that's, that's the information that you're wanting.
3: So misinformation is wrong information that someone has mistakenly thought was right. Disinformation is wrong information that someone is sharing to fool you. Both can be deadly, so think what are you telling the people you love on social media and in message groups? First drafts Asia Pacific director Anne Kruger speaking with Pacific prepared reporter Apeli Lala Navesi and me. We will continue that conversation in an upcoming episode, including how some evil people use disasters to trick you into believing dangerous lies. Pacific Prepared is supported by the Pacific Media Assistance Scheme, with funding from the Australian Government's Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. Any views expressed do not necessarily represent those of PACMAS or the Australian Government. It is produced and distributed in partnership with Radio Australia and networks across the Pacific, including Radio New Zealand Pacific, NBC Papua New Guinea, Palau Wave Radio, One Nomo Capital FM 107 Vanuatu, FBC Fiji, Samoa National Radio 2AP, and TBC Tonga. Missed anything? No problem. You can stream all our episodes on the internet. Head to abc.net.au forward slash radio Australia or you can just type Pacific Prepared into any search engine. We'll be the first thing that comes up. If you have access to the internet, there are a wealth of resources that can help you learn about disasters and prepare for them. The Emergency and Disaster Management offices in most Pacific nations have websites with valuable information, and many outline local plans and procedures, often in your local language. Consider starting a conversation with your family, your community, your co-workers, and think seriously about creating a go-bag. We want to help you make the next disaster less disastrous. Thank you to our guests, correspondents and contributors, government and non-government agencies who've provided emergency and disaster information and support. And thank you for listening. My name is Aaron Carney. We'll be back soon with another episode. In the meantime, please stay safe, share what you've learned here, and together we will help get the Pacific prepared.